0: <laughs> 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 Literally gagging <laughs> Hello, oh, and welcome to the Literally Gagging Podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to all those books that will have you on your knees begging for forgiveness in a very different way than the Bible. If, unlike Rihanna, whips and chains don't excite you and actually horrify you slightly, this might not be the podcast for you. As ever, I'm joined by my co host Hannah. How are you, Hannah? I'm good, thanks, Dave. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too shabby, not too shabby. I haven't seen your face in a few weeks. This is it's cracking, isn't it? I know. We've
1: had a couple of weeks off and I've missed you, honestly. I've missed you too. It's been a Hannahless world, and no world should be Hannahless. Oh, mate. I've yeah. I've I, I've missed I've missed doing this. I've missed seeing your face. I've missed getting drunk on a Wednesday. I know. It's one of the joys of <laughs> lockdown, which I think I'm not going to look forward to having taken away from me at some point because, no, we're going back to normal life. But what um what have you been up to other than
0: anything fun that I've been missing you? Uh yeah. So the gym's reopened, which means I can go swimming again. And I have been going swimming and I forgot how much I love it. But what I don't love, and this is something that I really wish someone smarter than myself would do some research into, is the toxic masculinity of men in a swimming Oh, interesting. It's unf fucking real. I chug up and down the lanes. I'm not an overly fast swimmer, but I'm a chugger. I'll go for like an hour, just chug, chug, chug. Very few Mm -hmm. breaks, chug, chug, chug. Men don't like that if you're in the actual swimming lane, because I go to like a gym swimming pool. It's not a real pool, but it kind of is. I pay £35 a month for it, and it's not really worth it, because I thought at that price there wouldn't be children, but there are children. What the fuck? But yeah, so there's only one real swimming lane, and if no one's in that, I'll go in there, because I'm actually swimming and they get so annoyed that you're in there they like stand and they watch in. i'm like hun i i'm gonna be plodding away for the next half hour to so swim or get over it
1: so like grow up and swim alongside me super fast if that's what
0: you want to do or fuck off but they also hate it when you swim faster than them because i can like i i get a little as we've discussed before with our friendship group a lot of what we do is motivated by spite the reason that our friendship group our friends is out of spite really we are purely bound by spite purely bound <laughs> The name of one of our trips one year. And I push myself to go faster. So it's actually better for me sometimes. But men also do this thing where they'll like stand at the edge of the pool. And they'll make all this like huffing and puffing noise. And do all these stretches and groaning. To do one lap. And then just at the end of the lap. And I'm like, this is a 20 meter pool. It's not even yeah. olympic sized like it's not even a generic 25 meter pool what the fuck are you doing you're like i'm swimming up and down
1: here for an hour and i'm not putting on a fucking show about it it's mental it, uh. interesting if anyone would like to do that um social science research into toxic masculinity and swimming pools for us
0: please do it we would love that because there is a guardian article is there yeah my in my mother-in-law sent it to me because i've complained to her about this later of times <laughs> she was like it's not
1: just you interesting i uh i can't swim so i don't can't you
0: no no oh my god so when i yell at you when we're drunk to respect the sea and you're in heels by the sea and it's pitch black and i'm like hannah can you respect the sea and you're like it's fine i'm from a seaside town but you can't actually swim i can't swim no
1: <laughs> i do respect what? the sea though a lot a, a vast amount <laughs> if that weekend in blackpool if i had been swept off my heels and swept out to sea i'd definitely they would have died just to make that clear but yeah. you are a strong swimmer so you could have saved me <laughs> not
0: at midnight in the blackpool tides
1: you didn't know you were in training for potentially lifeguarding 3am
0: <laughs> lifeguarding in blackpool oh. listeners this is a revelation and now i'm not gonna pick any more seaside jaunts for our getaways as a friendship group anymore i love side. Um, we'll teach you how to swim. Okay. I've tried. Can you doggy paddle?
1: <sighs> sort of. So we used to go to a gym specifically because it had a swimming pool. It was like literally there's a hotel across from where I live and it's got a gym in it. And we were like, oh, that will probably be quite quiet because it's a hotel gym. Mm. Not necessarily the case but because it's so close to our flat we could go out on the balcony and like look in the window and see how busy it was. So if it was busy uh, we wouldn't yeah, bother. I but like the problem that. was then you'd go, oh, come home from work and then I'll put my bag down and then I'll get ready and go and obviously you never would you just sit down no you just sit yeah but that had a pool and i was getting used to being in the water having like i think the big thing was getting water in my eyes so i bought goggles and then i was better because i wasn't as worried about getting water in my eyes but so i was like surely a mixture of yeah this the survival instinct of not drowning and not wanting to totally humiliate myself will like kick in and i'll be able to swim and that was not the case and i just got in the water and tried and couldn't and tried again and couldn't and then the lifeguard was like are you okay and i was like yes and got out and went home (laughs) and that was the last time before before this that
0: i tried i get a free pal on a friday who can come to the gym with me that's quite a good deal for your 35 pounds yeah there's a no lifeguard but (laughs) so no one will embarrass you I don't want anyone to look at me. That's the tree And we'll go swimming and then, you know, hopefully um, the sauna will be back up and running so we can go for a little schwitz afterwards. Oh, I can bet a sauna is an absolute hotbed of COVID right now. Oh, completely.
1: Sad. Sad. But Hannah, what are you drinking this week? I am drinking, I've got a gin and tonic, but I've gone a bit fancy and we had some grapefruit squash and I've, so it's like a little cocktail, like a little gin and grapefruit cocktail. that's very tasty. Oh, very nice. What have you got?
0: Uh, I've got a pink Malbec. Yeah, Malbec's Malbec's are usually red, but this one's pink and I'm quite enjoying it.
1: You, I don't know where you'll find all these like completely random colours of wines <laughs> that don't come in those <laughs> colours. Like every week you're like, I've got a white Merlot guys. I don't know what's happening. I
0: just, I, I love a, a swap of Vino's. I love a a little bit of
1: a blush. A little spicy, a little spicy wine and a flavor you're not expecting. Exactly. Oh, can I, can I just, because otherwise it will be too late next week. My other big excitement of this week is that there's a new Taylor Swift album out that no one was expecting. She literally dropped it. She was like, I'm dropping an album at midnight lads. And everyone was like, what? And it's really good. There we go. I managed to find my way. And honestly, it was like coming home. I don't know why it took me so long to get there, into Taylor Swift TikTok. I've managed to find my way into, into gay Swifty TikTok and I'm like, these are my people. I'm here. Anyway, that's that on that.
0: What book are we doing this week, Miles? We are doing Push the Button by Feminist Jones. So... Minister Jones was originally born Michelle Taylor. Feminist Jones is not her birth name. Which is a she shame. because it's a good name. And she said she took her surname from her favorite black exploitation film, which is Blackula, and the hero in that surname is Jones. So that's where she got that from, because she loves black black exploitation films. So she was born in New York and went to study at the University of Pennsylvania. She was previously a social worker, but is now a writer, blogger, activist, podcaster, and public speaker. And I listened to loads of podcasts where she talks and she's phenomenal so go and check all of those out and she said on it she was a adult mental health social worker she said she couldn't do children like she'd have ended up hurting someone seeing kids in pain that sort of like it's hard she is very prevalent on black twitter and developed the 2014 twitter campaign hashtag uakasis which is designed to raise awareness and encourage people to ask victims of street harassment if they need help and it was sort of came about and everyone had a great time 2014 we just gra- I just graduated so I wasn't overly on Twitter at that point just to complain and ask people if they're going out that night. <laughs> Her other Twitter campaign was hashtag NMOS14 which stands for the National Movement of Silence which was protesting police brutality. Nothing has changed in six years by the looks of it. Unfortunately. She has lectured at loads of big colleges around the States and she's written for places like the Washington Post, Salon, Time, Ebony and HuffPost Live. In 2015, she co-founded and served as a general director on the Women's Freedom Conference, which is the first all-digital conference organised and featuring women of colour. Yes. Yeah, she's got a shitloads of awards and accolades, which include She Knows 2015 Voices of the Year, 100 Most Influential People in Philadelphia in 2017, and in 2020, she was named one of the Bitch 50, honouring feminists around the world. In oh, 2019, exciting. she started a podcast called Black Girl Missing, which focuses on girls ranging from 0 to 17-year-old um, who are missing and black in the USA, because unfortunately, if you're not Madeleine McCann or John JonBenet Ramsey, no one gives a shit about you. No one's interested. Did. No one gives a fuck. In addition to Push the Button, she's also written a poetry collection called The Secrets of Sugar and Water. And in 2019, she wrote Reclaiming Our Space, How Black Feminists Are Changing the World from the Tweets to the Streets which has just arrived today for me. So I will be free to hit that. Push the Button was her first novel and was written in 2014. It originally started as one of her God, she had a busy 2014, didn't she? Yes, yeah, she did. It originally started as a, a blog and she would upload a chapter at a time and okay, she only dropped around sense. So like, bam, here's the Christmas bit And bam, here's Thanksgiving Eventually everyone went mad for it So she, they were like, please write a book And she was like, okay, and she did And it centres around Nicole and David Who are two 30-something African-Americans Who are doing well in their careers Have a nice flat, to go to the gym, do normal people things They are not normal inside Well, who's to say what's normal, actually? That was really bad of me They like BDSM So they're not as all would seem on the outside how what did you think of this book Hannah? I really enjoyed it. If we think about our last adventure
1: into the BDSM world of Anne Rice's Beauty. Oh that was that was a woof. Which I realise is like a different it was a different thing because obviously it's a much older book and I mean obviously I have absolutely no idea about Anne Rice's sexual proclivities but I definitely felt you could tell this was written by someone who knew what they were talking about.
0: So yeah so she wrote this in a sense as a counter to book 250 Shades of Grey because she is in the lifestyle herself. And that
1: absolutely shows I feel like this is, again, top of the show. Not for me personally. A lot of the the dynamics of it. But this was the closest I've ever come to truly understanding it in one of the books we've read. And I've done bits and bobs of my own research. Again, TikTok, kink Very good. TikTok. Oh, kink I need to get on kink Very good. And there's a lot of, again, it, that's where kind of, oh, unfortunately, that's where so much of my knowledge of this stuff comes from. But because it, it is people being very clear about like, it's about consent it's about dynamics and relationships it's all this kind of stuff but as i say in any of the books that we've read and again Fifty Shades of Grey is such an obvious comparison i almost don't want to make it because it's reductive but like even having the bit of that that i read i'm like i didn't feel it It, like in theory i can be like okay i can understand how someone might want that but it doesn't sell it to me whereas this i was like
0: oh i completely
1: understand what these characters are doing and why they're doing it
0: yeah i i think it explained it a lot more and just about how it is an actual lifestyle for uh, particularly for the women because when you're reading this is from a woman's point of view as we said beauty wasn't the best representation of it it, it just felt as a woman it says oh this is what i should do i'm going to be a little sub and oh the fact that i like it golly gee how strange whereas this is her going no i'm actually the professional in this one my partner isn't and i'm gonna teach him yeah i really liked that the fact that nicole
1: yeah nicole was like the more experienced party and you get that partly through the book you get to see them meeting and it's very much her being like I've done this before you're new to it and we'll like navigate it all out together yeah and I think that's the key is like it's ultimately it's about a relationship and you have to have respect for each other to be able for this dynamic to work really you have to be
0: like have conversations and talk to each other quick
1: yeah and I think that's something that a lot of the books that kind of like glorify the more like abusive side of it don't do like I say I never finished Fifty Days of Grey but like Anastasia and Christian We're not having healthy conversations at any point in that book.
0: Anyway, should we go through it? Should we talk about it? Should we get sexy with it? Shall we? We absolutely should. So we open up, scene set in an apartment. It's 4.07am and Nicole is sleeping and she gets a text that says, I want to see you. So she wakes up, she cracks out the old Skype machine, shows you how old it is because it's not the Zoom machine, it's the Skype machine. And David is there. And he has to give permission for her to speak. He has to give permission for her to look up. He has to give permission for her to wear her collar, which is like, it's not quite an engagement ring, but it's like a symbol of promising a collar. It's
1: like a commitment to the other person. Because again, this is in the, what I know of it. Because obviously a lot of people think of the you can get obviously proper collars, um, but they see it in this as well as it can just be like a nice piece of jewellery. And if you know that that's the significance that it has for you, then obviously
0: that's the thing. Later on, she talks about having work collars and at home collars so she puts on one of her at home collars and then um, it starts getting kind of kind of sexy they kind of get into a little bit of the old Skype sex mm-hmm. and she takes off her clothes and she, I like the way she describes her breasts, she says they weren't overly large but not small either, they were a full C cup and he deemed them to be perfect for his taste which I thought was nice. Perfect just enough, just the right amount
1: one thing as well that we should note which I I think was really interesting obviously i imagine part of the dynamic but really consistent through the book is that when they're referring to david he his is always capitalized because he is everything my, i was gonna say like god because that's the only other he that i know that you capitalize but i think it's really good because it is like really consensual and it means that you you know who they're talking about all the way through yeah it makes it very
0: clear so she's playing with the nips classic he's twitching in his briefs you can see his penis getting a little bit hard and he's like where's your toy go get it now i'm sure he's not saying that like she's a dog. What's she doing? Oh, is where's it, it gone? Is it? <laughs> so she comes back with a vibrator, and he says, "Are you ready? Are you ready for it?" What does he say? He, he says, says, "Push, the, push button. the button." He
1: says the thing. I love it when they. I love it when they say the thing. No, with So
0: she's like, sir, may I play with myself? And he's like, do what you've got to do. It says here that she was naturally well lubricated, which is good to know. Yeah. So she's, you know, she's getting into it. She's leaned back. She's got the position for the webcam so he can see everything. And he says to her, yes, baby girl, that's it. Show me. Good girl. Make my pussy come for me now. And she does. She does. It says her body released its juices and she squirted them over her keyboard. Keyboard, some of it hitting the screen. She knew better than to be embarrassed by this, though, because he loved every drop that came from her.
1: Yes, hon. Stop being embarrassed about your bodies, ladies. What they're doing is totally natural, and your man should love it. I would just say give the screen a little wipe down. I was, I will say that my main concern was I really hope that's not got into her keyboard, because I feel like, but maybe her <laughs> computer's used to just like, oh, fuck, the D, the D key's not working <laughs> anymore, because it got all like square under it.
0: Can you imagine going to the Apple Genius bar with a your muck book and being like excuse me sir it's it's full of pussy juice can you make the d work again
1: squirt it all over it
0: <laughs> i don't know why i chose the d but it feels very appropriate
1: Um, and she opened her eyes just in time to see him making his final feverish strokes as he erupted into a handful of tissues he had. Again, practical. I like this feels real. He's not doing anything. You know, he's got some tissues. That's normal. That's how you do it. She hated to see his cum go to such waste, but what could she do? I mean, good cum is always good cum. You don't want to see it go to waste. And then, and because all the way through this, he's kind of called her like baby girl or good girl. She's called him sir. And then after they've kind of like almost seen off like the end of the scene, she's been like, thank you, sir. I'm glad to be of service to you. She lowered her head again, gathering her belongings. She'd clean it up tomorrow. She was too tired. Now, please air that laptop out or something. Don't leave (laughs) it till the morning. can you imagine how bad it spells sorry oh god but then he says nicole and she looked up having heard her birth name and he's put his hand out towards the camera and he's like i love you and she's like i love you too david and it kind of that's the bit where you're like oh this is just a com- they're a proper legit long-term couple
0: they're a thing it's not just a because when you sort of i haven't read the blurb that they were a couple because i don't read the blurbs on a child i was like oh good they're together this isn't just a weird sex <laughs> thing oh they love each other that's nice yeah so then we wake up to the next day obviously it doesn't say that she's cleaned her laptop but i'm gonna assume she did really hope she has and she's got a got a big presentation that she needs to give and he tells her what to wear and sometimes i think that would be nice that pressure taken off you it's like the bit in
1: fleabag in the confession box where one of the big things in fleabag obviously is that she doesn't want to be a bad feminist and she's like i just wish someone would make these decisions for me sometimes i just really want someone to take that control away from me and I, so i think that's really interesting particularly if you think about it with like a sort of a feminist argument is that again with, with everything that i think women have fought to be able to have the right to choose what they want to wear but if you don't want to let someone else do it if someone else is willing to, if you are happy with that
0: absolutely crack on hon. love that and he picks out in case you're wondering he picks out a black and white donna karen pinstripe pencil skirt a white silk calvin klein blouse peep toe pumps so it sounds like he's got it sounds hot like that sounds lovely doesn't really go well this old presentation of hers and then she she oh yeah sorry one bit that i did highlight which i thought was quite interesting because we were just talking about him picking clothes out it says here one of the things she'd become better at during the time she'd been involved with david was embracing her femininity her sensuality and using it to her advantage when necessary a little employment of feminine wiles never hurt anyone she would come to discover i think maybe ladies we could all be using more of our feminine charms sometimes
1: i think that's it if we're going to be treated differently because we are feminine why are we not making getting something out of that I suppose work it to your advantage and if people are going to treat you differently because you're a woman then like make it work for you and I quite like that it's yeah it kind of shows that I think gets more into this later that she this lifestyle is very liberating for her like it, people think that obviously this lifestyle is very like oppressive particularly for the subs particularly for women and I think I imagine on some of the podcast as well there's quite a lot about kind of the idea of being a black woman who wants to submit to a man like obviously that's like a whole weird minefield but
0: if you can use it to make you more confident in yourself than like, please. Yeah, do it. So she is tanks the presentation and she's also late to pick him up from the airport which is one of his absolute no no no's. She should always be there. She should always be ready. She should always be there at least 30 minutes ahead of schedule.
1: That is counted as on time because obviously flights sometimes come early, he doesn't want to have to wait and of course today of all days after she's already fucked everything up is the one where he gets there early and she is a while away from
0: the airport. And he's pissed when she meets him. He actually leaves his suitcase for her to carry. It says she grabbed his suitcase and followed behind him, head down. It was an embarrassment for her to carry his bag, as he would never have his woman, whom he cherished, carry his bags. She's getting punished. Punishments are not the sexy kind of punishments, just punishments are happening.
1: Yeah. And then um, when they get to the car, he's like, how was the presentation? And she doesn't want to answer him because she's like, I've already disappointed him with the being late thing. I don't want him to think I'm like a piece of shit, basically, because I can't do my presentation either. And there's a little bit about how nice their relationship is. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cute it was they were comfortable with each other almost immediately they became really good friends really quickly he saw in her a support system friend a confidant a cheerleader and later a fantastic lover and i was like good for you nicole saying that by yourself yeah he sounds like he's good yeah things were intense for both them from the beginning they were both kind of recently out of romantic situations they were scared to rush into it but she had recognized the natural dominance in him she was drawn to it compelled to serve and please him beyond anything that even made sense he was her one and i was like that just say i say the 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 dominant submission thing doesn't do it for me. But, like, love does. Yeah, it's, it's just nice, isn't it? It's nice. And they work together because obviously she was submissive kind of before he was dominant, if that makes sense. Like she'd already had this experience. And so they'd work together to like teach each other what the other person needs and how this relationship works. That's the dream, isn't it? That's like the dream of even just like a completely vanilla relationship.
0: That's what it should be. So because she's late and she's also sad that and a presentation didn't go and she's not answering him and you know if he says speak, she should. She then gets told that she can be punished and she says crop or cane and he says cane. And she's like, okay, let's go home. Okay, cool. So when she gets home, she's to strip naked. That's part of the deal, I think, is she has to be naked. Naked in the house, yeah. And then we learn that her sub name is Star. So I didn't realise that sub names were a thing. I didn't That you have a sort of separate name when you go into this sub life. And I actually sent hannah a little quiz to find out what her sub name would be i've already got mine so according to this so it says let auntie Madam supreme goddess mother superior lash bestow a slave name upon you mine is his wobbly fluffy bimbo okay so i've got mine
1: i oh, i dispute i don't like this
0: <laughs> mine
1: is his brainless, pregnant house Oh, yours is bad. Mine's bad, man. I'm not happy with that. There's just so much going on there. But you know what? If Anti Madam Supreme Goddess Mother Superior Lash <laughs> says it, it must be <laughs> true.
0: It must be true.
1: And we will, when this episode goes up for the week that it is, for the two weeks that this is the episode, we'll put the link to that in our bio, and you can all go and do your sub names and let us know what your sub names are. So
0: hers is Star, which you know is quite nice. The reason he'd give. It to her is because he said that she had shone brilliantly as the brightest, so yeah, she's she's the best. Whilst Star is being spanked, she's not responding to his questions. He's like, how did the presentation go? and she's just there, like, Nope, not gonna tell you. And he's like, Speak, spank, speak, spank. Eventually, she's like, I blew the presentation. And he's like, What? He was, she just then, like, sort of breaks down and she says, I'm so sorry, sir. I'm so sorry, I let you down. I'm sorry, I failed you. I'm sorry, I failed myself which you know we've all been there we feel like if you have a bad job interview if you have a bad presentation like you just feel like shit and he's in this way he's like you did not fail me you did not fail yourself and she's like I did and he's like are you disputing me and my assessment which I think is quite nice that he's using this to build up her confidence like she can't talk back about shit about herself because he's always right
1: yeah like the the hill that he's like gonna die and he's like no you don't get to say bad things about you because I I love that he uses his position here to he's not degrading her he's like i love you i respect you you need to do the same because like i'm not having anyone talking shit about my woman even if that is you doing it
0: and i'm like i like that and then she has to give him head which i think is fair (laughs) (laughs) after all that she (laughs) she has to give him head and it's quite like it's a fairly explicit like i'll read it out she moved towards him taking him into her mouth this was her favorite way to pleasure him and he thoroughly enjoyed the warmth of her mouth and the skilled ways in which she almost devoured him he could feel her throat massaging his tip, her tongue lavishing attention on his shaft and he leaned back, his head back closing his eyes. And then it goes, he exploded in her mouth, deep into her throat, grabbing her head and forcing himself as far down her throat as he could go. He heard her gag a bit, but knew she could handle it. This was her best skill. He allowed her a moment to swallow him and clean him up with her tongue.
1: And then he says, one of the, I highlighted this as well because I thought it was funny. She says, did I please you? And he said, oh fuck yes, Nicole, I can't ever give this shit up. Your mouth is a fucking gold mine. I
0: was like, what a compliment. I think I need to get lessons on how to give head from this woman.
1: She, she knows what she's doing, man. Like, I was trying to think about the logistics of what she's doing. It seems pretty complex. It's very far down, isn't it? Her gag reflex
0: must be very non-responsive.
1: And then he says, you are one of the smartest people I've ever encountered in my entire life. You're beautiful inside and out. There will be other opportunities to present your idea and get support for it. All is not lost. You didn't fail me. You didn't fail yourself. And I'm like, that's all I want is for someone to say, that to me
0: i think you're the smartest person i've ever met
1: oh me that's not true but thank you (laughs) no (laughs) i'll take it i don't care whether it's true or not
0: and then then
1: are they on like a trip or something like a conference vibe
0: yeah it's on like a conference and it's that usual thing if you know when your company books your hotel room but you are let your partner i want to go on this free holiday it's that they start the day as everyone should do with some Sucks. He spread her cheeks and entered her claiming her for the day, which is nice. I, another thing like they're in the middle of having sex and he goes, I swear on everything. I'll never stop being impressed by how fucking good you take this dick. Shit God woman. We've all got skills, haven't we? But after she gives
1: him a blow job and they're, they're, they're having sex and she wants to come and he won't let her. And so she starts giving him a blow job instead. And he comes in her mouth, she says swallow. um, And then she goes to like brush her teeth or wash her mouth out or something. And he's like, no, not today. It'll be like we're giving the speech together. David laughed at his corny humour and Nicole shook her head. She didn't gargle though. She knew better. Speak sadist. Well, yeah, it's like... It's cute. It's flirty banter. I love that shit. Yeah. It's the banter. And then she says, with a few deep breaths, she prepared to take on the final day of the conference without being distracted by the sperm swimming in her teeth. Which I have to say, you know, when you watch like a sex ed video in school and they've
0: got like little faces, it just like (laughs) seems like going in and out of her, between her teeth. Like a little whale or a dolphin, like jumping up in between, like, ah! Free Willy trying to escape. Yeah,
1: like over her tongue while she's like stood at the podium doing the speech. But then in the evening, they're going to Sapphire, which is a club for adult party goers. And it's specifically a mixture of a dungeon and a swingers club because those are two separate things and you often can't find clubs that do both apparently. But Sapphire does both. And there's a BDSM convention in town, which neither of them can get tickets for because it's obviously so like busy and they're both at work. But they're like, oh, we can go to the party and there'll be people we know there and stuff and then there's a whole there's a bit about which i wrote at the side i was like it's not for me but i can see i can see how it's interesting how she's expressed it as being explored safely with consenting adults first time they went they agreed they wouldn't play with anybody else they just kept to themselves but obviously it was really sexy being there and then the second time she had a little thing with another guy she played with a woman and then the third time she was on punishment so he just punished her in front of everybody and i was like oh it's again it's like it's just all about communication isn't it and consent and this is people who all these people are in it for the same reasons and everyone's boundaries will be slightly different
0: and you just have to navigate that. And I was like, interesting. And then he's like, oh, I need a piss. Go and get yourself a drink. Here's 20 quid. Get yourself something. Get yourself a bev. I'll be back in a sec. Get yourself a bev. So she's at the bar and she sees someone who's described as six foot five, ex-professional football player with cinnamon skin, broad shoulders, legs as thick as tree trunks and waist length, neatly groomed dreadlocks. Marcus
1: and he comes right up to her he's been very familiar he calls her luna and obviously we all know that her subname is Star, so who's who's Luna? Who's Luna? And he's just, he's being a prick, and he's like trying to pay for a drink, and he's like being really over-familiar with her, and is being, I don't
0: know, he's just been a dickhead. It's just being, he's not leaving her alone, like she clearly is not interested, she's not here to play these games, she just wants him to fuck off, and then David comes back, and they're like, what are you doing? And David's like, I think the lady asked you to leave her alone, which I was like, damn, that's hot. Like, that is hot. <sighs> David, come through. And Marcus is like, and you are? And he says, I'm the man that will snap your neck where you stand if you ever fix your mouth to utter another word to my bitch again. And normally calling someone your bitch would
1: not do it for me. But I was like, David, damn. bouncer should become like a David. Oh, absolutely. I think it, as you as you said, like the phrase, I think the lady asked you to leave you alone. It's like yes, she fucking did. Ah, oh, David. Then we go to a new chapter and this is the first time we realise there's quite a lot of like time hopping in the book because again, it takes a little while. She's at work, she's
0: doing some stuff. Now I know that it was a blog and like bits were being released at a time and I was like ah, oh, that makes so much more sense now. It's very like episodic, isn't it? There's like, a chapter
1: will seem almost completely disconnected from the thing that came before it but if you you think that it was written and released over a quite a long series of blog posts that makes sense but we get she's she's at work she was meant to be having a conference call she's been rescheduled it because she was told to and then she's heading home she seems a little bit nervous to go home which is is kind of odd and then when we get home we realize it takes a little while it takes a couple of pages to realize that we are doing a flashback and that this is her relationship she had with marcus and with hindsight when you watch it you're like oh it makes sense because david is to her and even when she's on punishment she never seems this uncomfortable around David
0: whereas she's clearly not happy to be going home to Marcus and he is horrible and we learn one of the rules so it says rule number four you will wear no clothing whilst in this house unless it's that time of the month you can wear panties then you may also wear an apron when cooking because I was like oh hun if you're making bacon naked that is a disaster making
1: naked bacon while on your period it's just like an absolute mess but Marcus it seems he's being a bit of a dickhead and she puts it down to the fact that his older brother's been arrested for armed robbery and they can't afford bail and so obviously like that's weighing on him a little bit but he's clearly taking it out on her which isn't okay but the whole thing she just doesn't seem he seems quite what's the word like temperamental like she's walking on eggshells because she's like i don't want to piss him off which shouldn't be the way any relationship is and as we've seen with david isn't the way dom sub relationship should be marcus is definitely a gemini and then he's he's sort of being nice but obviously it, it kind of comes At cost because he's she's given him a blowjob, and as we know, she's really good at that. And then he pulled her up to her feet and kissed her deeply. He pulled her body to his and she began to unbutton his shirt. She felt her own desire peaking and she needed to have him inside her. Before she couldn't do the fourth button, he hoisted her up and tossed her over his shoulder. She loved when he did that. It made her feel delicate and protected by a strong man. So
0: he absolutely cannot relate. Sorry, Nicole, never have never experienced. No, I've never. Never I can imagine it in my head, but I think a pickup truck or a forklift would be needed like i feel like it's it's just
1: dangerous Like, don't bother not worth it he placed her on the bed spread her legs possessively entered her dripping wetness she was more than ready to receive him and she wrapped her legs around his waist locking him inside her and they're having sex and it seems to be good but then she refers to him getting frenzied and he gets lost for several moments and has something called she calls the rage which sounds really scary um and not something that i would want from someone who's physically inside me at that moment.
0: and like she does describe it and he leaned deep into her pushing her legs back even more trying his best to rearrange her internal organs if at all possible. there's being able to take a dick (laughs) then there's needing a new spleen because of it.
1: and then it says his rage demanded blood so he like bites her lip and makes them bleed and then he comes and lies down and stuff. because at first she was clearly enjoying it and then it seems like she's not enjoying it. which is not fun
0: no i think when there's blood those are some people's rules is like the second you draw blood like everything just fucking stops it's a shutdown even in beauty that's what they did actually wasn't it
1: yeah there were there's boundaries of where it becomes too much and he says he's got her a special gift and she said earlier she was like special doesn't necessarily mean good but she's she's obviously tired she's just had this like really rough sex and he's got a fucking branding iron and she's like absolutely not that's not a thing we're doing and she's called calling him Marcus and he's like, no, like I'm sir. And she's like, this isn't what I want. And he says, you want what I want. And she's like, but like, no, but not this. Yeah, like I won't do it. Or and as, as again, as we've established, these things are all about communication and boundaries and the subs being the ones who set the boundaries a lot of the time, because if you know where the, what the rules are, you can then all have fun within the rules. But clearly he is coming out of the rules. And she's like, she didn't care that she was naked. She needed to run away. She was like, she knew she wouldn't get far, but she feels like she can't just let this
0: happen. She needs to try. And it's just, it was really scary. It was really well written because it was scary. It was scary. And like, it seems to, he gets off on the fact that she's in pain a lot more of the fact that it's non-consensual. That's what he gets off on more than the fact that, yeah, because it says, she screamed out in searing agony, divine music to his ears, and he released himself all over the backs of her thighs, still holding the brand to her skin. He's literally only just come as well. So he's that's really got him going. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. That is literally like, that can't even be 10 minutes, can it? That is a quick, that's a really quick turnaround. So this, clearly the branding thing's
1: really, really got him. It's really got him. And again, it's it's very much the overstepping of the boundary at this point. Then we kind of, flash forward and it's back to david and marcus having their standoff in the bar and david just walks out i think doesn't he oh this is it marcus says has she tried to run away yet she's good at that she knows nothing about this shit here and calls her a weak bitch as he walks away so david kind of goes to go after him and then is like no and leaves and is really cold and stuff with her they get in the car and then he says i guess that explains the, the butterfly covered m branded on your ass so obviously she's tried to cover it with like a tattoo or something but clearly it's it's the first time we've really seen like a genuine conflict in their relationship. That this is something she has clearly not told him about previously. Which everything else we've seen, I would have assumed they'd been very upfront with each other and clearly they haven't, which is sad.
0: Yeah, yeah. And he, he goes on to say, so she's on punishment. It's been one week, three days, 19 hours, 17 minutes. <laughs> that, that's how long they haven't had sex in. And he's, the punishment is no sex, no service, no submission, two weeks. His response to it is sort of like, two weeks to think about everything I've shared with you, every way in which I've opened up my entire soul to you, every way in which I've cared for you, honoured you, trusted you, and tended to your every wants and needs. Two of weeks to figure out to never break my heart again. He, he sort of, like, you've embarrassed me. My bitch is fighting my fights for me. Like, I can do this by myself. Also, you should have told me about this. That's what I'm hurt about, is that you have lied. Not lied, because I don't think, she just has negated to say anything about it.
1: Yeah, because he's like, I've told you everything about my life. Like, I've opened that up to you and you've clearly not done the same for me. And I suppose it's once I know you've not told me this, like, what else haven't you told me? What? Can I trust the other things you have told me? And I think it's interesting that, yeah, no sex, no service no submission because then it's just them being like a quote-unquote normal couple just a vanilla couple and they're not having sex but they're just kind of normal couple yeah making she has to pick her own clothes and she has to like they're just making dinner and like doing all this stuff which they would normally have all this power play around
0: and he's also doing things to piss her off so she's just stopped eating pork and he's a really good cook so everything he's made starts as like scallops wrapped in bacon and even the collard greens have pork in them everything's got a little bit of pork
1: in it so she can't eat anything <laughs> but she's trying to like lure him back in it's, it's ever so sexy she's like have you seen my yogurt sir because she's not meant to be calling him sir and so she keeps calling him it until he calls her
0: star and then she's like ma'am i've got him then she's like on all her knees like crawling towards him and she's kissing his feet she he's like stop and she's like no i'm gonna keep doing this and it, it, it sort of it says woman do not do this
1: and normally people calling people woman doesn't do it for me but if david does i'm fine with it she is like on her knees in front of him and she unbuttons his pants gets his dick out and it says he groaned she won and then he says you want this dick her huh? you conniving petulant
0: brat you want this dick so bad don't you and she's like yeah i fucking do i do i do like the bit where she was like i've won ha." ha. it says it was difficult to smile while her throat was being filled with penis but she tried of course <laughs> i love the pettiness like any sort of couple argument the pettiness of i've won your dicks in my mouth
1: <laughs> there we go so he's being quite rough and he's really making her take it but then he it kind of like turns a corner and he's like we promised to share everything i open myself up to you completely um, more than i ever have with a woman before was he really that important to you that motherfucker wasn't shit he was nothing and as he's getting angry he's like fucking her mouth harder and then he just then he like
0: goes soft because he's like oh man just really sad and he's like i just love you so fucking much i can't be without you baby god woman don't you know that and then they're like they're both like crying on the kitchen floor and i was like oh and then they start nipple sucking and then it's hot yeah and then they have sex again and then he says marry me and she kind of just widens
1: her eyes and he goes you marry will marry me, me star and she says love me just and enough. then we go home for christmas but It starts off with Christmas head. Christmas head, the best kind of head. It actually starts with him going, he screamed in a high-pitched voice she'd only heard once or twice before. He grabbed both sides of her head by her ears and squeezes. he released his morning load down her throat where it belonged. And he's bought her Tiffany a necklace, which has got mine inscribed on it because that's their thing. He writes mine on all her, all her things. And she says, oh my goodness, I can't, I can't, it's too much sort of thing. And then he spanks her and he's like, you know better than that. And she's like, thank
0: you. I, okay, I quite, like that as well because I think I don't know whether that's normal everyone's like oh my god that's so much like, you shouldn't do this and the guilt that you feel that someone else has done this and he's just like I wouldn't have done it if I didn't want to. And then we flash forward to the afternoon and they're going to his mum's for
1: Christmas dinner.
0: And his mum isn't a fan of the lifestyle that they lead, nor is she a fan of Nicole. Well, Nicole thinks she's not a fan of her. I think most people have those doubts sometimes. David's mother's quite interesting. And it says here, because of her experience with David's father, Janice had become a hardened woman in her old age. She was a no-nonsense, blunt woman who was never afraid to speak her mind and give her opinion about any and every everything. She could be rather dismissive, especially of women she deemed quote-unquote weak. Since leaving David's father, Janice had not been in a steady long-term relationship. She'd had a few lovers here and there, or at least David believed so, but she never introduced anyone as her man. She even said, ain't no man ever gonna own me again. Which I was like, props to
1: Janice. Absolutely. Janice. Because we get a bit more of David's dad later and it sounds like he was a, a quite a hard man to live with. A bit of a piece of work. And so the fact that she's come out of that so much stronger and is like living her best life even as maybe a slightly older woman and not being like oh my life's over because this man ruined it even though obviously we're looking at it and being like oh we can see how respectful david and nicole's relationship is and stuff nicole's big hang up is that she thinks that janice thinks she's weak and david's like but i know you're not and she's like well, i want her to know that yeah i want your mum to think this but what nicole does is in such contradiction with the way that janice views herself as a woman having come through this it's like bad relationship and stuff so just quite an interesting conflict and especially i think the thing that's interesting which again i don't know a great deal about is the fact that they clearly take this aspect of their relationship into the rest of their lives which i know a lot of people do but i would maybe would have naively assumed that maybe
0: around your parents was like the one place you didn't do it yeah i don't know whether it's something you discuss with your parents but i'm like oh hey guess what mom and dad we live a bdsm lifestyle so if you come around she's gonna be nude <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's a lot more normal than that and people have conversations about it. Because in here they have like a little sort of family
1: style dinner and her doing the plate for him rather than him doing it. And so I feel like obviously I don't think he's it's not fucking beauty where he's lying around on the coffee table and spanking her on Christmas
0: day. But it's clearly something that their families are aware of. Beauty is the Christmas roast. (laughs) So then they go there and they actually have been engaged for like a few months but they just haven't told any of their family members. So when they get there and david's mum sees this absolute piece of beautiful shining glittering jewelry on her finger she's like why the fuck didn't you tell me like is this a christmas present and nicole's like oh, actually i think this is the christmas present they're they're all like really happy and they but she's like why didn't you tell me just just why and when are you getting married like let's make some plans and david's a bit like oh let's slow this down we don't have wedding plans just yet. It was only a couple of weeks since we got engaged and, like, the ring is enough for now. We're not doing the rest of it just yet. The mum's a bit like, why aren't you doing it? Oh, please tell me you're gonna do it in a church. And David's a bit like, mum, calm your tits, calm down. And Nicole sort of interjects a little bit and is just like, oh, we just wanted to surprise you. David pinches her and is like, you need to stay out of this. No one asked you to get involved in my family business. So then he... it kind of comes down a bit and he goes to her, come to the bathroom in five minutes. So she goes up to the bathroom and he's like, Neil, in... She's like, David, and he's like, did I stutter? I said, Neil, what did you call me? He was like, who told you to speak in the kitchen? And she was like, I just, uh, and he was like, no, she's like, no one told me to speak. And he's like, so my bad girl thinks that because she is around my family, she can get out of line, is that it? She's a bit like, oh shit, I didn't realise this was also a submissive moment because I didn't know we were still doing this, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I just wanted to calm down the awkwardness in your family play by reminding him that there's a stranger in the room. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. That thing where you're like, hi, um, Hi, I'm still here. here. um, (laughs) So let's stop having an argument, can we please? It's Christmas day. He like, she's kneeling and he grabs a fistful of her hair and like pulls her head back. And with his free hand, he plucked her lips three times, which was his standard discipline for when she spoke out of turn. She winced a bit, then licked her lips, her other lips, presumably. Her pussy was wet. He knew it. But so he gets her up and he bent her over so she could grab the edge of the tub to stabilise herself in less than 30 seconds her skirt was around her waist and he was buried deep in her his stroke frenzied I swear that woman drives me so fucking crazy sometimes I swear she
0: wasn't my mum or I'd tell her to shut the fuck up and I'm like not sexy chat stop it and it goes like Nicole said nothing she realised this was less about her speaking out and more about him needing Ah! to release his frustration she of course was his to use as he needed I was a bit like it's so weird that this is like Freudian that your partner is hate fucking you because his mum pissed him off Yeah. And I think I could, again, I completely get that like when you're cross
1: about something, that could be a good release. And that if this other person is consensual, like they are your release. But he's like, she, and all, I'm not gonna do like a voice for it, but all of these have got ellipses, like every two or three words. Cause obviously he's saying it in time of the stroke. And he's like, she just needs to let me do what the fuck I wanna do with my bitch. And it's like, calm down, David. And then there's like a kid outside
0: who's like, I need the toilet. And she's like, your, your nephew has to piece it. He's like, fix your face, nasty girl. I can't have you talking to my mama with nut on your breath. I just... I can't. Oh, no. I think there's just something about
1: being around anyone's parents, which is such a turn off. Like,
0: it's such a turn off. So anyway, they've given head and the little kid to peeing and they're all coming downstairs and his mum is like, come here and meet my new friend, Joseph. I'm assuming Joseph is a fuck buddy. It's never really mentioned. But we've got a little, a little ghost of Christmas past has popped up and
1: Marcus is here again, Marcus is Joseph's son. So obviously awkward.
0: And then we go straight into a flashback and David is going to pick up his dad. David and his brother don't have a great relationship with their dad. Their dad is sort of not a nice person to their mum. And David's the only one who sees him. He seems like he's probably an alcoholic as well. He's got a lot of issues. And David's the
1: only one who sort of gives him the time of day anymore, essentially. And he finds him and his dad's with a woman. Yeah, she's sort of drunk and wearing a tatty sequin dress and she's got like a big bottle of whiskey and she's being very forward and she's,
0: she's not okay. We want her to be okay. She needs help. And the dad is speaking to this woman really badly and is like threatening to sort of hit her and all this sort of stuff. David's just like, just get in the fucking car. Let's go home. David's dad's like, take me to your mum's house. And he's like, no. And he's like, it's dawn. She's nearly asleep. Stop doing this. The dad's like she always lets me in. David then sort of it says here David side knowing what his father said was true. Despite having left him and moved herself and her son's far away from his dad, David learned that she still occasionally let him come to her home and spend a night or three there. She bathed him, gave him clean clothes and fed him, probably cursing him out the entire time, but still, she let him in every time. Dad, why can't you just leave mom alone and let her move on with her life? Why are you still trapping her with your shits? We sort of go into the toxic relationship that they had and I think it's really interesting that she put this chapter in to show that David hasn't had the best male role models in his life and maybe this is why he's taking this sort of BDSM road because it's a healthy way to get out any dominance Issues that you have, definitely. It's like he's been
1: raised to watch his parents. We assume, like, obviously his dad clearly has anger issues. There is a very strong implication that he's been abusive to his mum. And obviously, if that is your father and the way you've been raised to believe that men act, but you don't want to replicate that, this is a a healthy consensual way for him to exercise that maybe. And I think especially it's that idea of there's a bit as well where his dad, as much as he's clearly like a piece of shit, is like you. Your mum is a strong woman. She didn't take any shit. And like, I essentially beat that out of her. And I am like a piece of shit for doing that. And and
0: he knows that. And he says like, that woman saved my life. It's that sort of drunk rambling that you have in a car, like in the Uber home. And you're just like, oh damn, what did I do? Yeah. And he's like, even when I treated her like shit, she loved me.
1: She took me back. She fed me. I didn't deserve any of it. I cheated on her. I gambled away all her money. Everything I did was shit and
0: it's really sad
1: it's really sad and david's like i don't want to talk about this and his dad says like when you find that woman who's gonna look after you you fucking take care of her the woman who wipes your tears irons your clothes feeds your favorite meals laughs at your stupid jokes opens the door for you even when you've done next to nothing to make her feel special don't let her go don't fuck it up and it's like he's learned so much from the dynamic of his parents that he's like i'm not doing that i'm not gonna be that guy and presumably this
0: is why it upsets him so much to know that Marcus was that guy. And then we snap back into Christmas Day, as was. Marcus's dad is like, you look great. David's mum is like, oh, David, let me introduce you to this guy I might be banging, son. And he's like, we've met. And it's like, oh, well... This just got a lot awkward because they re- like reveal that Marcus and Nicole used to date. That's how they know each other. Um, So they all go and wash up and they sit down for dinner. And Nicole
1: is very much sort of been like, cause Marcus is being very, trying to be like very charming. And he's like, everything on the table looks so good, it looks delicious. But Nicole's almost kind of rubbing it in his face in that she's like, yeah. She's like, I'll do your plates there. Like, is that enough? And he's like, you t- you take such good care of me star. They're really sort of like rubbing marcus's face in it a little bit but i also
0: fucking can't blame them at all then marcus finds out that they're engaged and he's gets to be a a dick about it and he's like what's the hold up why aren't you married is she scared and he's like what does she have to be scared of it says my brand of love isn't anything to fear so it's this back and forth the whole time
1: and then marcus went to where does david go david like goes to the toilet or something and marcus pulls nicole's under out of his pocket and is like oh i uh, found these in the in the bathroom and like brings them up to his nose and sniffs them and is like gross and then she's like come on marcus you know me better than that i wasn't wearing any to start with and i'm like yes nicole
0: style this shit out because otherwise that's fucking embarrassing and also like if she was wearing no underwear where did he get those pants from So it all gets a bit... As Danny Dyer would say... It all gets a little bit naughty. Marcus and David end up having a bit of a to-do. They go outside... Fisticuffs on the lawn. Fisticuffs, you know... Like men like to do that sort of thing. They like to have a fisticuffs. As that happens nicole ends up being sort of hit and she falls she hits her head on like the steps that lead up to the house there's blood everywhere and they like call an ambulance and they're worried that she's gonna because your head injuries are fucked man if you land in the wrong way you're dead you're absolutely dead so then we fade to black
1: and then we do another flashback and this was one of my favorite bits of the whole book i
0: really love this bit it's them in the beginning of their relationship doing flirty emails to each other it it goes back and forth They've met on a website we learn little bits about them there's not uh, you really need to read it i don't want to spoil any of it for you because it's so wonderful and just lovely to read it's
1: really cute and it's so well written and it's so like that feeling you get at the beginning of a relationship where everything's like even before a relationship when you meet someone and you're doing like the flirty like we're getting to know each other and we're having a bit of banter and, and then they're kind of talking about how they met on this kink website and how That all relates to them
0: being people of colour, which is really interesting. And there's one bit I want to read out because it really, for me, as a absolute fucking novice to this, gave the difference between a sub and a slave. And she says, so she's replying back to him. She says, I definitely identify as a sub but not a slave. Not because I've not considered it or have any particular aversion to the label, as some of quote us do. Just that I only reached that level of service once and it wasn't good. Let's just say that that it would take a whole lot for me to get close to that place again. At least that's what I tell myself. I don't call myself submissive because I don't have a submissive personality. Not exactly. I'm rather a dominant woman in my vanilla life. I do, however, crave the dominance of a strong man who knows how to take control of his sub and their relationship. I'm also drawn to say this, lol. Yes, I'm a bit of a pain slut, as they say. I'm into pushing my personal limits to achieve ultimate pleasure so long as it's with someone I trust and feel comfortable with. I tend to prefer high protocol dynamics as I find the structure best suits my can fetish needs. That of course requires a man who is capable of reigning in my sometimes wild ways smile. I just thought that was beautifully written as a way to explain the the genre to someone who's not a fan. And it's just,
1: yeah, it's the thrown in, it's the flirtiness thrown in with the genuinely getting to know each other, which is really cute. That's just so cute. And then, okay, so we're gonna have to come off this because we will talk about this forever. It genuinely would. But yeah, it's really cute. This was definitely my favourite bit because it was them developing this
0: relationship and it was really adorable. It wasn't even, it was kind of sexy, but also just really cute. After this We cut forward to her waking up in the hospital. It's Valentine's Day. She's been in a coma since Christmas, essentially. And she wakes up, she doesn't remember who David is. Her memory has gone back to a certain point where she still thinks she's with Marcus. Doesn't remember David at all. So the doctors have said, let's not shock her. She thinks she's living with Marcus in her apartment. Marcus moves in and all this sort of stuff. And she's keeping a diary and she's a bit like a dear diary. Why is Marcus so weird? I don't want to spend time with him. She's like, I know that he's my boyfriend because everyone says he's my boyfriend, but like, I actually
1: feel really uncomfortable around him. And there's this David guy who, I don't know why I like him, but he seems really chill. She's like, him and Marcus are supposedly friends, but they clearly hate each other, which is obviously like
0: the the lie they've spun us so that David can be there, which is fair enough. She also doesn't like the same TV shows that she used to. The shitty thing about Murica is that she got fired from her job because she took too much sick leave being in a coma. What the? fuck.
1: She can't work out what's going on and Marcus is trying to get her to go to a party and she's like, I'm just gonna go to the gym and I'd quite like you to go home. Um, I don't want you to be here. I need you to like not be here when I get
0: back. Give me some space because this is hard for me. Remembering who I am and you're not helping things so can you please let me go to the gym? Let me run this off. let Let me work this out running and that'll be fine.
1: And then we go to David and David has joined Nicole's gym because he wants to be around her and obviously he can't live with her and he's left things strategically around the apartment that he hopes will help jog her memory because the doctors were like, you can't tell her too much because it'll basically shortwire her brain and she'll go in a coma or something again. But she needs to remember everything organically. And it was, I just thought this was cute. He had a therapist and his therapist told him to go on vacation for a bit. So he went and found a quaint b in New Jersey run by a pleasant lesbian couple who could cook their behinds off. And I was like, that sounds amazing. I want to go there. Hannah,
0: can we become a pleasant lesbian couple that can cook their behinds off in New Jersey?
1: Oh my god, God nothing would give me more pleasure I think we I think we'd be an excellent Pleasant lesbian couple. But so they bump into each other at the gym.
0: Accidentally on purpose. He's already planned this. Like he knows her routine.
1: And he says, Hey, Star, just off instinct. And she says, Good evening, sir. And doesn't even really seem to realize what she said. But he's like, Oh, it's in there. It's starting to come out. Like I can get to it. So they do like a cute little workout together. She's running. She's listening to Beyonce. She's better than him at running. Significantly better than him at running. And then she's like, Do you want to come back to mine for some coffee? Marcus is. I'm gonna be there. And it's like, yes,
0: please. He's like, yes, I will be there. So they go home. They are like, we probably should shower. We've just been to the gym. We (laughs) have a little fitness. and she's a bit like why did i
1: feel something with this guy i don't get it like i feel really comfortable with him in a way i didn't with the person who's meant to be my boyfriend and i don't really know him but he's like being really nice and then she's wrapped in the towel and she realizes that she doesn't have any clothes to put on but she feels like even with the towel on she feels too covered up she's like that's really weird like why would i feel that with this guy i don't really know very well and he takes this chance He's like, I can see
0: it's in there. We're going to take this chance. Do you know what he does, ladies and gentlemen? He fucks the memory back into her. He (laughs) literally fucks the memory back into her. And it is hot. I don't think this is like a medically approved
1: strategy, but it's hot and it works. (laughs) And we'll take it. So she walks out and she's like oh can you get me like a bathrobe or something and he doesn't say anything and she goes out and finds him and he tells her to be quiet and then she's like what and he's like i don't repeat myself nicole you know that and then suddenly
0: like it all comes back and like oh he's pushing her against the wall his hands over her throat and he's like you're mine he's growling it into her ear and it just says she was his in that moment she was his again and it just it culminates in he lifted her right leg slightly giving him enough room to position himself for entry. He stopped himself and looked at her. Say you want this. Say it. I want this. Are you sure, Nicole? Yes. Yes, it feels. David was inside of her before she could finish her thought. He wrapped first her right leg, then her left leg around his waist. She tightened a grip on his neck as he lifted her and fully positioned her on top of his hardness. He moved within her, the desperation of a starved prisoner of war. He battled internally, feeling he might be taking advantage of her. He slowed down, but then felt her legs wrap around him tighter. Don't stop! Don't Stop, this is, this is, she panted. This is what? This is amazing. This is what I've needed. Oh God, don't stop. Quiet, Nicole let out a moan. Are you here? Nicole gasped and she felt him deeper inside of her. My star, are you here? Yes, her nails dug into his back. Sir. Ah, oh, yes. Yes. And then we get
1: into this. Oh, just really good. We kind of get into this thing that she has to relearn everything. So she has to learn how to be submissive to him and how their relationship
0: works. And then it goes back to like the normalness of their day-to-day life. And
1: then we're going to kind of rattle through this bit because there's not a great deal of sex from here on and it just gets a little bit weird plot-wise. So she's leaving to go to her interview and there's like a weird man outside. And so she's like, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm gonna ring... I'm gonna ring David and check that he's this.
0: And he says, you're gonna pay, the weird man says you're gonna pay for what you did to Marcus. And she's like, you mean that weirdo?
1: And she's like, great, that's weird. So she rings David to be like, God, this weird thing just happened to me. And he's not answering the phone. So she goes back into the building. She's like, this is more important than my interview. I need to make sure he's okay. Cause like, why isn't I, have literally just left. And she's like, David, I called you. I would said the craziest shit happened in the parking lot. She pushed the door open and dropped her phone and keys, gasping at the scene in front of her. She breathed deeply, Marcus. Put the gun down please. So Marcus has gone in the flat and he's holding David up with a gun and they're having, again, we're not going to go into this deeply, but they're having another argument about how it's like, you haven't got your bitch under control. And David's chatting back to her and he's like, I'm going to shoot Nicole. And he's like, no, you won't. Like you're here because you love her and you need to get over the fact that she doesn't love you.
0: And Marcus is like, you stole her, you stole her. And David's like, no, I didn't. And I'm just going to read this because I thought it was absolutely fucking beautiful. David says to Marcus, you abused her. Her and beat down her spirit david continued his words coming to him a bit easier he knew he had hit the right nerve you took the most delicate of flowers and crumbled its petals you made it harder for me sure but eventually our love was stronger than anything you ever did to her and now you're mad you're mad you're hurt frustrated lonely and worthless i <sighs> want oh, david to come and tell all my exes that 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 i know <laughs> david can you fight all my exes for me please
1: so then they're arguing and he's like, you lost her. And he's like, no, you stole her. And he's like, she had gone before I arrived. Like she wasn't yours. And then we get a, she's about to dial 911. And then we hear a gunshot. pow And then we do a flash for a kind of a little time skip to Nicole, who is pregnant and David and a little girl at Marcus's grave because Marcus Marcus died David sort of shot him accidentally in self defence and got off obviously didn't get in trouble for it because Marcus was like trying to kill them all and all this shit and it was it was genuine self defence and it had been six years to the day since Marcus had showed up but they have brought the little girl Marcella oh that's that's just girl yeah, Marcus isn't girl it Marcus. that's literally what they called her they've brought her to Marcus's grave because Marcus and Mama made you together but Marcus died before you were born I've loved mommy for as long as i can remember and i knew then that i would love you too with everything that i have i knew before you were born that you were sent here for me and mommy to love and adore so because they were in a relationship because they were in a relationship in inverted commas marcus clearly had taken some advantage of nicole and used it to have sex with her again got her pregnant and then got himself shot with his own gun
0: and then the child just responds back to that and i i want to be if i ever have kids i want to be this open with them the child just goes mama told me that a man puts his penis in a woman's vagina and that's how people make babies sometimes did marcus put his penis in Mum's vagina (laughs) i guess if that's what Mum told you that's
1: and then she said you put your penis in Mum's vagina too right and they're like yes because we're having another baby as well
0: and they've explained it and they're like oh my god we're so happy like rop marcus he wasn't a bad person well he was but he didn't deserve to die he made some bad choices but we're gonna raise his daughter to be better than him and then Nicole's like oh my god the baby because she, she's only six months pregnant and she's like i'm having contractions it'll hurt and she was crying she's like please not my baby please not my baby and then she sort of wakes up and she thinks there's something wrong with the baby because she's having
1: contractions too early and then we're in a hospital and her head's pounding and Marcus and David are having an argument over her hospital bed and she's like, why is Marcus here? And she's like, the baby, where's our baby? Where's our son? And her stomach's all flat and so she's obviously really traumatised and she's like, where's my daughter? Where's fucking girl Marcus, whatever her name is? And they're like, we don't know who who is that and Marcus is like, she's she's not okay. And ultimately all, all what we just had from her waking up and thinking she was marquis that bit through the sexy sexy scenes through to the miscarriage essentially the baby was in her coma dream and now she's awake in real life she knows who
0: David is. It's back to Valentine's Day. We've done, like, in Hamilton, we've done, like, a rewind, find, wine, why And it's back to Valentine's Day. She's working up. So that's what we're doing. But
1: obviously she's talking about the baby. And she's like, where's the baby? Where's the baby? Because she's all confused. And David's like, I don't know.
0: was pregnant. Is she pregnant? And the nurse is like, she actually is pregnant. Yay! Her subconscious knew better than that. And the end of it just goes, the doctor left and David returned to Nicole's bedside. He traced his thumb along her lips with his left hand and with his right he covered her womb mine mine It has a happy ending. I do feel that it was all a dream.
1: Marcus is still alive. I'm actually glad Marcus
0: didn't die, to be honest. I thought, I enjoyed the surprise ending. Marcus, Marcus needs some therapy. Marcus needs some
1: help. And I did quite like, oh my God, this is so dramatic. This is such a soap opera. But
0: actually everyone's, it's all a dream and everyone's happy. And it was just a nice way to end the book. So Hannah, I'm going to ask the big question. How wet did you get? Were you like the ocean? How wet did you get? Were you drier than the desert? How wet did you get? Did this book make you come? I would give this like a seven point five yeah i'm up there with you i think a seven is seven seven point five is because i
1: think as i say like the dynamics in it aren't necessarily for me but the sexy bits were genuinely very sexy and i think if you and also if you were into like the kinky that kink sort of lifestyle this is your shit it's like it's not a literary masterpiece it's not the best book i've ever read but i had a lot of fun with it i think i really like i just really like the the cover and stuff well. I well, which just sounds silly but like it's a nice book to read i really really enjoyed it i thought it was great i think it's really nice that we finally got some like good bdsm content on the podcast
0: i think this was like real relationships real people real bdsm none of the fake shit. it was just someone writing about and when they say write about what you know she wrote about what she knew but we will go on about this forever so you really don't have to take our word for it we have searched the web and we've looked for other people's reviews and um hannah what have the good people of goodreads had to say about this book so goodreads as always
1: was fairly mixed i think on this let me see what scoring okay so on goodreads this book has like a 3.6 which is pretty good but again i think quite a lot of the sexy books do because there is a split a really distinct split of people who are really into it and people who are so I'm going to start with a bad one and then I'll do a good one for balance. So Stacy gave it one star and she said, I did not like this book at all. It was horrible. Nicole had no personality. It was all about David. I don't agree with that, but fine. I don't agree with that at all. You're wrong, Stacy. I could not connect with anyone at all. I had no idea who Nicole was and I didn't care. According to this, BDSM means doing chores. I only liked the bathroom sexy. As for the ending, OMG, that stupid plot twist did the opposite of shocking anyone. It was all a dream, like OMG. really? Where have we all seen this ending before? Like almost every movie and every crap romance novel. The ending felt like you gave up, thus leaving the reader to do exactly the same. It was a short book, not the best writing, but the plot was poor. Sorry, Stacey. I don't agree. I am
0: shook at what Stacey has to say. I am so upset because I knew exactly who Nicole was from like, obviously not the first chapter where she's just wanking into Skype, but I knew who she was when she failed that presentation because we've all been there and we all get this and she's a career woman she expects a lot of herself and she does social work and she yeah i anyway i don't agree i don't agree with stacy's wrong yeah
1: Stacey, sorry sorry but there was there were some better reviews as well and again as always with goodreads there were a lot of people who just went one star i hated it but then there were some quite good nuanced reviews so there's someone who said i've read quite a few bdsm and dom sub books with these being fiction i usually enjoy the stories even when they're not very realistic because it's fiction for a reason like i get that it's fine for once this is a book that doesn't show a submissive as being insecure, having mental problems or in a dom-sub relationship because she was abused as a child. If nothing else, the author gets kudos for that. Nicole was a smart woman with a career and made a choice to be submissive. Yes, 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 we love this. She's like, it is fiction. It is dramatic because otherwise like it's not interesting. Like people just being happy in happy relationships isn't interesting. You have to throw some drama in. And she was like, everything she does is consensual. Nothing is forced on her, even the chores and everything. It shows the day-to-day interactions of a dom and a sub. I enjoyed it. But also she was like, I thought the ending was explained quite well, so I don't really see what everyone's problem
0: with that is. And I was like, Fair play. So Amazon, again, I found two reviews. So I'm going to read the good-ish one first. I say ish, because. but this person called Dance from the United States on the 12th of May 2020, this is clearly a lockdown read, gave it four stars and said, representation, nice to see us represented in this genre. It's definitely needed. I hope to see more from this author. Thank you. Which I was like, good. Yes, because I think especially,
1: I feel like in general, particularly in erotica, and obviously every, every situation is a microcosm for society, so if it's a problem in erotica it's because it's a problem in the world but finding diversity and representation has been quite tricky for us as a podcast and so we're really glad this
0: book is there so then the counter argument is from jen jen is from the united kingdom and this was written on 7th of april 2015 i'm gonna give you yeah once i've read it i'm gonna give you a picture of who i think jen is one star absolutely rubbish not worth the money or reading time this is by far the most disappointing book i've had the displeasure to read badly written poor grammar should have been better proofed very disappointed with the writer expected with a name like feminists this would have had far more original that the work to be a far more original but not awful story weak plot and not at the least bit sensual terrible depiction of women let's hope she doesn't attempt to write anything else in the genre. Okay, so in my head, Jen is from like, Basildon. Jen doesn't understand why she has to wear a mask. She hates all sort of people who don't look like her. And she idolises Mrs. Hinch. That's who I imagine Jen is. I feel like Jen's the kind of, I bet Jen's the kind of person who's
1: like, but like sometimes my boyfriend stacks the dishwasher. So feminism's kind of solved, right? Like we don't have feminism anymore. Do you know what Jen needs? Jen needs a margarita in an orgasm. Anyway, you know, as always, unless you're a Jen, we want to hear your opinions. We want to know if you've read this book, if you've read anything else by Feminist Jones, if you can recommend us any other good BDSM books, any other um, books by black authors, if there's anything that you want to see on the podcast obviously send it our way because we want to be we will be submissive to our audience we want to serve you guys so tell us what you want and we'll do it but yeah so you can hit us up on social media we are at literally gagging pod on instagram at lit gag pod on twitter literally gagging podcast on facebook and Literally gagging pod at gmail.com
0: rate review and subscribe please we've had some absolutely lovely people on itunes but because neither one of us are apple wankers i'm really sorry we haven't been able to read all of them but we just saw one that was absolutely lovely we appreciate all the love you can give us back we'll give it back to you as bugsy malone says if we give a little love it'll all come back back to you you."
1: Um, (laughs) right we're singing i think it's time to sign off that's the end of the podcast be kind keep wanking, wash your damn hands wash your hands
0: get wine drunk it's really fun That's really fun (laughs)
1: a big thank you to bobby bates for doing all of our artwork and our logo and everything to bethany southworth for our jingle and the other incidental music is from kevin mcleod of incompetech the king of royalty free jams and savior of media studio students the world over